0: Welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast, a weekly dive into ways in which we can live a calmer, more creative and empowered life on our own terms, full of vibrancy and entirely unapologetic. I'm Kate Taylor, life designer and empowerment coach, and I'm on a mission to help you live a big, bold and beautiful life through my blended melting pot of goodness I call Practical Magic. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's Practical Magic Podcast with me, Kate Taylor. On the show today. I'm talking about the power of language and how language affects our reality. This is something that came to mind the other day when I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who has set up a business recently and it's flourishing. It's going so well. She's in her element with it. She's doing something that she feels so aligned with, so proud of, and yet what I noticed on a couple of occasions was when she was talking about, oh, my little business, or I'm going to, I'm taking my little business to a market next week, and I really struck a chord with me of how how we view ourselves by the language that we use, i.e. when my friend was talking about her little business, she, it seems like something that is a pet project, something that she's just playing with, rather than owning how incredible the business is, and she's built it up from scratch, she's had no money to start it with, but she's doing it. That, for me, feels big and bold and beautiful. The idea of it being little doesn't really fit with the idea of being big, bold and beautiful. And it may not seem like something that's a big deal using the kind of language that we do, particularly women using this kind of language, but it is because the language we use to speak to ourselves makes a difference to our confidence, to our sense of self and our ability to be able to live a big, bold, beautiful life or a big, bold, beautiful business for that matter. Because language is the communication tool that creates our reality what it's what we reflect inwards and outwards, and what happens is when we're receiving information in through all of our senses, it's coming in and it gets filtered through different levels of systems and into the unconscious mind, the subconscious mind, and then what gets filtered out is the behavior that comes out. So what I mean by that is if we are hearing ourselves saying that something is small or little, we're telling ourselves that it's small and then on the then get reflected out is something, the behavior is something small. And this is because language creates thought and you notice it all around for example if you are if you are a person who consumes a lot of media for example in the news you read a lot of newspapers you watch the news you will find how your reality is created by the what you hear this is why for me personally i try and stay away from too much of the news that's on the television or picking up newspapers, because basically what every media outlet is trying to do is to shape your thought, because they have an agenda that they're trying to play. We know this, this is why we have to be careful with social media, because social media is putting across something that we want to, or people want us to believe about themselves or ourselves. So we have to be very, very mindful of the information that we're receiving in, because that will create the reality of our lives, and reality is pliable. We can shape and bend and change our reality all the time. But coming back to the idea of language and communication, and communication is about the words that we speak, and it's also about the nonverbal communication as well. So, our body language and our gestures. And our posture, for example. And we know that with both of these, with words and nonverbal, this can be either apologetic or unapologetic. So the words that you have, the la- the body language that you use can keep yourself small, versus the words that you use and the body language and the nonverbal word, the communication you use, can create a big, bold, beautiful existence. And it's like, I'm just going to experiment with something with you. When I'm talking about language or words that can keep you small versus language and words that can keep you small, could you notice the difference in the tones? So the first phrase that I used, I was hunched over. I was literally hunched into the microphone and I kept my tone quieter versus the second time I used it. I sat up straight, I had my shoulders back upright, I literally puffed out my chest. You can really notice how I'm communicating with you by how I'm sitting and how I'm projecting myself out there. This is really important because, one, you're gonna get what I'm saying in a different way i.e. I'm either being less in my powerful state or more in my powerful state. So you get a, a different reaction to how I come across. And also that makes a difference to how I feel. So when I'm in the holding myself in, I'm not feeling in my power at all. I'm starting, my brain's starting to go, well, what the hell are you doing? This is ridiculous. Versus when I'm holding myself up, I'm feeling much more in my zone about how I'm talking to you and how I'm communicating with you that's just a simple way of doing it. But also the narrative and language that we have that exists throughout our whole reality is shaped by what we hear in our everyday, but it's also shaped by what we heard when we were younger as well. So the language and the narratives that we're told as a child shape our reality as an adult, And it's the stories that you were fed and the stories that you grew up on. So for example, did you ever hear the phrase when you were younger, money doesn't grow on trees or it's going to run out, you know, money runs out. You've got to be careful with your money. How do you feel that that has shaped the reality of how you feel about money now? Those kind of stories very much shape whether you have a positive relationship with money or a negative relationship with money. For example, I know for myself, growing up, money doesn't grow on trees. You've got to be careful it's going to run out. My money story is, has been, well, I've got to make it from wherever I can. It doesn't just come to me and it's going to run out. So I've got to grab onto more and more and more. It feels like a scarcity around it. Th- that's just one example. There's so many things that shape your reality from what you've heard as a child. So just be aware and maybe start journaling on some of those things, some of those narratives you heard growing up and how they've impacted your reality as an adult. The other really interesting thing about language is how language can lead to self blame. So I watched this really fascinating TED talk by Lyra Boroditsky, where she talks about how we use language differently according to the language that we speak. So for example, that if you're talking about, let's say English and Spanish, and she showed an example of a picture where somebody had bumped into a plinth and a vase was breaking. So in English, we would say he broke the vase. In Spanish, they would say the vase broke. Let me give you another example of that. In English, we might say, if we've broken a limb, we might say, I've broken my arm. To other languages, they would like be, well, that's just crazy talk. Why would you go out and break your own arm? And this language and how we use it does make a huge impact because if something goes wrong, we are more likely to tell ourselves that we are to blame for something so, for example, myself, I had an accident um, last year, a car accident, and I have completely blamed myself for that accident. I caused the accident rather than saying there was an accident. And so, in my unconscious mind, I would trap that forever. I was to blame. This in itself goes through into language and identity as well and how language can hem you in subconsciously so for example say something's gone wrong say something's gone not in the way that you expected it to you might equate yourself with being a failure or one of the big 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 ones for me is the watchword lazy so say if i am having a lay-in on a saturday and my partner would come and go oh look at you, you're being so lazy. I will tell myself that I'm lazy. Subconsciously, that's hitting something within me that's saying, you are lazy, therefore you must overwork. You must, in when you're out of this bed, that means you must work as hard as you can to prove that you are not. So language creates our identity. Another one that I really notice with people is, say if they are suffering with anxiety, people will often say, my anxiety that the anxiety attaches itself to their identity rather than saying I am having anxious thoughts at this moment in time because that's really what's going on they will say it's my anxiety this is who I am this is how I'm defined by it and that's really important for us to know that so that we can shift it and change and remove the identity of the language that we're creating and language is a living thing so we can do this and we can change our reality at any single moment according to the language we use so here's some ways you can do that you can reframe your language so for example say if you have got right like so one of the the things that we say all the time I'm too busy I've got too much going on I'm stressed out and I'm overwhelmed. How about if you could reframe that language to time is really stretchy right now and I've got time for the important things today. That's very different. It's much more expansive than the contractive language. And rather than turning something that hasn't worked out or feels very stressful in the moment to a negative oh this is a disaster. You could go, oh, this is a plot twist I wasn't expecting. What can we do with this? This reframing of language is really important to create the reality of any single moment that we're in. And we can do something with that if we're going from contractive to expansive. This comes up all the time. And I talk about this a lot in terms of changing apologetic language to unapologetic language so for example women are four times more likely to use the this this little business i'm sorry and we do this because women are relationship builders and we're always making sure that we're looking for ways in which that we don't break those relationships we don't get a negative reaction so you'll notice yourself when you do it and it might you might do it in emails you might do it when you're meeting with somebody you might do it when you're going in to speak with your boss however that comes along it's the do you mind if I I've probably got this wrong but what we're doing there is that we're precursing anything that comes after to make sure that we're not upsetting the person that we're with but that in turn, means that we're keeping ourselves small because you're doubting yourself before you walk into the room you're doubting the other person you're giving them doubt before you speak to them so it's changing those and just removing some of those do you mind advise or I probably got this wrong and just going in and changing the boundaries around words creates freedom so there's particular watchwords That I use with my clients that will keep them stuck in a certain reality. So it's things like always, never, and impossible. Again, very contractive words. So this always happens to me. I never get a fair go. This is an impossible task. What that does is those words create limitations. We're putting limitations on ourselves by using them. But in the other way round, you can cause, you can also create freedom. So if you are switching those round by looking at, this always happens to me, moving that and removing that, and saying, this time is going to be different. I never get given a go, a fair go. This time, I am going to be given a fair go. I can feel it. It's an impossible task. Everything is possible. And this is like we talk to kids about this all the time, don't we? Removing the try word. I'm going to try and give it a go. Removing that. I'm going to give it a go. What that does is it's setting an intention and instruction to the brain to make it happen. Because that language, what we're doing all the time is we are giving an instruction to the brain. The brain creates the reality. And that's what we get. This is another one that I found really, really fascinating and interesting, and I talk to clients about this all the time, is power words and how they create motivation in the body. So for example, a word that doesn't cause power in the body, or it does cause overreaction in the body, is the word should. Should creates excess pressure and guilt. So how does the word should feel in your body? When you say I should be doing this task today, how does that feel in the body? Does it feel expansive or does it feel contractive? So this simple exercise that I got from Conscious Lifestyle magazine is a really good one for helping to reframe some of that language and the body motivation that goes with it and how that causes a physical, emotional and mental change in your reality. So try this simple exercise and just notice how it feels. Just You're going to be an observer to this. Notice how it feels in your body. So think about something that you would like to do more of. I'm going to use the example of daily exercise because <laughs> I know for myself, my negative language around that is quite prevalent. So let's play with this exercise. So if you're saying to yourself, I should do some exercise today. Just repeat that to yourself for a minute. How does that feel in the body? I should do some exercise today. I should do some exercise today. And then change it to, I could do some exercise today. And then notice and observe how that shifts and change in the body. I could do some exercise today. Opens up, gives some more possibility to it. Then change the pattern that language, that sentence to, I can do some exercise today. I can do some exercise today. And notice again, how that feels in the body. How has it shifted? Then you could change it to, I'm excited to do some exercise today. And you notice how much even saying those words, you're smiling, your body is literally smiling with you. Your body's getting ready to change, to do something, to do that exercise. And then as a power motivator, add in, because I'm excited to do some exercise today, because it's going to make me feel great afterwards. It means that I can eat those chocolate digesters I want to eat, like whatever it is, just notice how that shifts and changes in the body. So these are some tips and tools and exercises that you can use to help shape an expansive reality for yourself. How you can literally change the dial on everything using your words, using your body language and using communication so that you can affect the reality and shape your thoughts. I'd love to know how you get on with these, how you use the exercise and how it makes a difference over the next week. So do ping me an email at kate at kate if you try these out and let me know. Or oh, do you know what, I'm going to change the language to that. Email me at kate at kate co when you try these exercises and let me know how you get on. And that is it from me for today. I just want to share before I go about the Magnify Your Radiance New Year Retreat, which is taking place across the 29th of December to the 1st of January 2020. And this really is going to be how we shape a big, bold, beautiful 2020 and beyond, beautiful midnight ceremony, gorgeous, breathwork and yoga and Koya, the most delicious way to spend the new year. So you can find out more by going to the website katetaylor.co forward slash retreats and you'll see the Magnify Your Radiance New Year retreat there. There are just a few beds left. So I would love to join you for empowering your new year intentions. Until next week, here's to shaping your language and creating a big, bold reality. Thank you for tuning in to the Practical Magic podcast this week with me, Kate Taylor. If you do enjoy the shows, do head on over to iTunes and hit that subscribe button. That means that every time there's fresh Practical Magic content, it will get delivered straight to your devices. You do not need to do a thing. And if you have enjoyed this episode or any of the other previous episodes, do head over to iTunes, hit the old star ratings, And maybe leave a little comment as well. It really helps to connect to other listeners out there who are in for a big, bold, beautiful life.